Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. All right, okay. Good to see everyone this morning in person and online. If you're in person, you want to help us reach some people, go ahead and click share on your Facebook. If I keep wanting to say if you feel comfortable, but often it's not comfortable, so just do it. <laughs> if you want to reach people, text us to get out of our comfort zone. Well, hey, we're in the middle of a series um, called Strip Back. Um, talk, we launched it last week, just to kind of strip them back to the basics, to the bare bones. Um, it's like paint stripping. Sometimes you've got to strip it back to get good adhesion, um, to change the environment, to set the tone. Um, and that's what we're doing now. I feel like it's a good time to do that. I feel it's really important that we kind of understand what we stand on. We're standing on firm ground, not flaky ground, not, not just temporal ground, not sand, but steady, firm, solid ground. Can I get an amen? Uh, so we're talking about um, reaching people. Also, before we go any further, there's invite cards under every seat. I want to invite you right this moment to pick them up, put it in your pocket, go for it. This is your, our gift to you, <laughs> so you can pass it on. I keep forgetting to, to bring attention to that, and they've just been lying there because none of you know they're actually there each week. So go ahead and put that in your pocket and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you one day at a time. Who, who should I give one to? You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be um, have a degree in theology to do it. You just have to be willing and want to make a change, have a desire. So last week we talked about salvation, kind of a first step. You see in our vision outside, it says, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. So salvation is that first step. Know God, we come to know God through salvation. We talked about how the reason we need salvation, which is another name for deliverance, is because we all, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short. So it's the same way we talked about last week. If somebody stole something, or if you stole a charger or anything off somebody, they're now minus one, for instance, the charger that we spoke about. Anyone ever stole a charger in your house, from the school, from church? And so the problem is you're minus one, so there's a debt. And so whoever I steal that from, um, there's a justice problem there. In order to for the justice side of things to be put right, I need to give the charger back or whatever that possession is I stole. But there's another part to that that we learned about, which is the relation aspect. The trust has been broken. And so that's exactly when we see in the, in the Old Testament, we, we would have seen, if you read in the Old Testament, there's, there, there's a ceremony that was t- taken place which was to deal with the justice, but also the relationship with God. Because when we sin against God, we are debtors. We have debt. We're no, no longer holy. We're imperfect. And so they would have sacrificed a lamb, but then they would have sprinkled the blood to deal with the relationship debt. In the New Testament, we remember 
Uh, we get baptized, we remember what Jesus done as the lamb that became slain to deal with the justice side of things. God is a just God. He has to deal with evil in the world. We all agreed that he should do that. The problem is we possess some of that evil. <laughs> if we're all honest, there's a part of us that's not perfect. And so Jesus died for that. So we, we are, are water baptized to, to symbolize that we've received Christ, we've died with Christ and rose again. But then we take communion to symbolize the relationship has been mended. We remember his blood and his body because now we're no, God's no longer offended by our sin. We're, we're now friends of God. We're now in relationship. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So it's so important that we get that part right. And that's where we're leading people to start the journey by this thing called salvation. And so some of you have just bought a new baptism tank because the other one was leaking. And so we just literally bought like a, it's like a, it's like a horse or a cow trough. You just fill it with water, put some ice in it to make sure you remember. And, and you go out fully refreshed, forgiven. <laughs> so if you want to get baptized, if you made a decision to follow Christ, and that justice has been dealt with on the cross, and now you're in communion with God because of what was done, then um, let's get baptized. Go public. It's so important. Chains break off when you do that. And then you take communion as well. You can now take communion because you're a believer. And that's, that's to remind your, your conscience, to remind your spirit and your soul that you're now clean. And you, can, you don't have to hide from God like Adam and Eve did. You're now in relationship. Are you with me? Good. That's really important that we, we nail that to the cross. We, we get that dealt with. And for those of you who maybe haven't made that decision, it's super important that you understand the simplicity of it. And also that, that I explain that in such a way where you understand the sin that we carry. Now, the predicament we find ourselves in now is that we're now saved, okay? If you made a decision to follow Christ and He's dealt with it on the cross and you're now, He's fixed the justice problem because He had to remove evil. He needs to remove evil to restore the world. He needs to remove evil from the world, which also is in us. And He's mended the relationship. But the problem is sometimes we still sin. Does anyone else still sin a little bit? And There's an issue. There's a problem. So, so what's going on? I thought, how can I be... A sinless, or have a sinless mindset, or a sin, sinless position. Uh, if I am continually making mistakes, or, or on purpose, I'm sinning. I'm getting confused because I'm supposedly sinless, washed clean, but but I'm 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 doing wrong things on purpose, and it's pulling me backwards, and I'm, it's it's making me think, oh, oh, wait, wait a second, my identity is a sinner still. Are you struggling with that too? Sometimes you don't want to come to church. Sometimes you don't want to speak to God. Sometimes you're going your own way and you want to come back to God and repent because there's shame or there's guilt or you just want to put your head in the sand and pretend those things don't have to happen or, or didn't happen or you don't want it to happen and you don't want to let go and, and it gets in the way. And so we're going to talk about this word called sanctification. Everyone says sanctification. Big fancy word. It's in the Bible. You've maybe heard, if you've been in church before, you've maybe heard of it, maybe not 100% sure. So salvation last week, sanctification this week. Sanctification is a word which is connected to the word saint or holiness. Saint or holiness. 
So, so I want to deal with the saint part of it first. So in Christianity, the word saint refers to any person who is in Christ and in whom Christ dwells, whether in heaven or on earth. Now, if you're from a Catholic background or maybe different um, denomination, sometimes people think a saint is, is just this one-off person, or, or you, maybe your perception is a saint is just this one-off person that, that has just done really well, and, and St. Paul, St. Peter, or, or, or whatever. Um, and it's kind of this far-fetched, unreachable level that you, we would never even come close to even considering, but it's there. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what saint means. The word saint in the Greek is hagios, meaning holy. It simply just means holy or set apart. That's what the word saint means. Actually, the word uh, saint is used 67 times in the Bible as a plural. So that's not singular. It means, if, if, if you get like me, what you learned, key stage three English, plural means more than one, a group. It's speaking more to a group rather than one person. And there's one occasion where it talks in a singular language in the Greek, but actually it's really, it's still moving towards the plural. So what it, what it tells me is the saint or the saints, it was never intended to be just these one-off people. It was supposed to be a group of people. It was speaking to groups of people. So it goes on to say in Ephesians 4, now watch this, Ephesians, this is speaking to the church. And this is uh, a scripture that we, we would take um, a lot of the offices or, or the gifts that are, should be in operation within every church. Uh, this is what it's speaking to in verse 11. It says, he gave the apostles, so other people would call this the fivefold ministry, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the who? The saints to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building of the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? Us, the church, the community, the fellowship of believers. So what's this is really important. So the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, the leaders within the church are to do what? Equip the... So who's the saints then? If the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and the teachers are to equip the saints, the saints aren't up here, the saints are down there. Because the apostle is supposed to come up here to equip, the teacher is supposed to come up here to equip you, the saints, to then go out. Are you with me? So it's not this kind of come watch the saints at the front do their thing and then leave and that's, well, hopefully they've done some good work. We've paid them. You, you, you know, they better go do some outreach this week. We're given. No, actually, it's the reverse. They're paid to equip, to train, to, to, to help bring an understanding of Jesus' way so that then you can bring that and go out to your work. Listen, if, if the church... The church is so underpowered if it's only one or two employees in every church that does all the work. Like they're not, they're not even speaking to unbelievers half the time because their job is to equip the church, Christians, 
believers. Their job is to equip believers so the believers become disciples, learners, and then go out as saints. Instead of having two employees or two people who are doing the work or on the work site, we, we then have 100 people who are out doing the work. There's better odds. There's, there's thousands of more connections when the saints are down here. There's thousands of more seats being given out. That's why we have the invite cards under your seats. Because you're the saints if you're a believer in Christ. So sanctification, what's this? Is the same word. Or it's from the same line of Greek words. Hagiasmos. Hagiasmos. So saint is hagias. And sanctification is hagiasmos. We're going down the same. What, what does it mean? Holy set apart. So we're here, we're here to... You're holy. Why? Because of what Jesus done. He brought justification on the cross. You're holy now. You're now, you have the mindset of a saint now. Because of, listen, salvation is nothing to do with what you've done. It's nothing to do with how good you are. It's nothing to do with how many times you've came to church in your lifetime. It's nothing to do with how many times you've read your Bible. It's nothing to do with how many verses you can memorize. We need to get that in because if it's about that, then you don't feel good enough when you're not doing those things. And you don't step up to the plate and you don't do the work of the ministry because it's about you and your behavior and how good you are. It's never been about that. It's about the cross. So that means even when, when, when you've messed up the most, the next moment, if you remember the cross, you can still reach out. You can still bring the power of Christ. And yes, God is looking for holy vessels. Yes, he wants people who are pure of course. But remember, the whole point of purity is just to remove us out of the way. It's not for us to be able to perform. It's to remove us. What has held me back in my life from seeing God do great things is me. It's not me trying to earn my stripes. It's not me trying to please God. It's just me getting in the way because I'm too busy, maybe running after me material possessions or run after my own ideas. And I'm not coming. You see, the church, the whole point of the church, the kingdom of God is that we're, this was kind of blowing my mind during the week, is sometimes you think of Christianity as just this little, you know, storybook, or, or you might think of it just from a, it's just one of the religions of the world. But actually, Christianity is so, so complex in a way that it's been knitted together over hundreds and thousands of years where there's one person here, Abraham at the start, and Isaac and Jacob and East, all these different people, and, and they're completely connected to this story six, seven hundred years on, and they're all a part of the same line, lineage, from David to Jesus. It's, it's so intertwined and connected, you couldn't make it up. You, couldn't, you wouldn't even try to. You wouldn't even write it that way. And so we're trying to come in line and on board with what God is already doing. We're not here to create our own story. We're not here to create our own mission. We're coming on board with what God has been doing on the earth. Can I get an amen? So hagiasmos, holiness or separation, set apart, says in John 17 and 16, they are not of this world, not even as I am not of it, not a, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. 
As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Who's them? You, us. For, for them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Consecration. That word, conse- I consecrate. What was that, that moment? Um, conse- this is holy ground. Remember the, the, the bush was on fire, and he says, take off your sandals, for this is holy ground. It's consecrated. It's set apart. There's something happening in this exchange that is holy. And so let, let me give it real simple. This is a wee dish I had just from a dinner earlier. My breakfast. What do you think it was? Chocolate cake? And I actually took some of the coffee granules and just smeared it over just to get the idea. So this is not a spotless plate. And so because this is not spotless, it's dirty. And if I handed you this plate to put on some fresh food, you probably would hand it back because it's not fit for purpose. It's not ready. It's certainly not going in the cupboard. If I put this in the cupboard, my wife, dot, 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 I'll just leave it there. Wouldn't be good. <laughs> Sometimes I think they're clean and supposedly they're not clean. But, but this, this is not going in the cupboard. What, what, do you do with, what do you do with plates that are put in the cupboard? You're putting the plates in the cupboard that are fit for purpose. They're ready to be used. So when Jesus came, he was coming to equip the saints to allow them to be fit for purpose. But the problem is they weren't going to be fit for purpose until they were holy, until we're, until we're clean. Because we're bound by limited thinking. We're bound by shame and by guilt and by our mistakes. And we live in this sinful world. And, and we're not even thinking about helping or doing anything holy or consecrated. We, don't, we know we've all fallen short if we're honest, if we're really truly honest and we're not putting our head in the sand. And so Jesus came to save us, but also to sanctify us. And when he sanctified us, he, he, cl- he cl- cleanses us. Come on, that's a pretty good job. Huh? That's a pretty good job. That's ready. Oh, if I'd done that last year, it mightn't have been the same result. And so we're, we're, it's become spotless. It was all dirty before, but it's now become holy. It's ready for use. It's, it's sanctified for purpose. And so that's what Jesus came to do. It's, it's to get the plate, us as plates ready to deliver the goods, to create a great banquet so that we feel, so, so that when we see ourselves, we see ourselves through the person of Jesus, and we're clean. And because we're clean, we're put out on the table. We attend the table. We show up to the table. Because if we don't receive what Jesus done on the cross, and we don't realize, and we don't remind ourselves, what happens is we stay in the sink. And we sit there. Has anyone ever left? Like, what's your limit for leaving the plates in the sink? Like, one day? Like, I'm about three days. I'm happy for about three days. But, you know, the problem is there's different thresholds in my house. Anna's is about one hour. But I'm about three days. 
So there's been a, a bit of tension around that topic. But the problem, how long have you been in the sink? How long has your soul been in the sink? Just staying, just saturating in the shame of the past or, or just not feeling worthy, just letting the whispers in your ears just speak death, speak unworthiness, telling you you're not good enough, reminding you of what was done in the past or maybe a mistake you, you made or, or maybe someone said something to you when you were in primary school or as a kid. You're in the sink. It's dirty. You feel comfortable in a weird way, the way the Egyptians did, or sorry, the way the Israelites did in Egypt. Weirdly attracted to slavery mindset, attracted to not feeling good enough because that's what you've always known because there's a deep-rooted belief that needs to shift. But Jesus came to clean you, to cleanse you because you're fit for purpose. He wanted to wipe the slate clean and sanctification is just that. But there's, there's three senses I'm going to talk about this morning real quick. So if you've got a notepad, a phone, take these down. It's really important because I think we get confused with this stuff. So the first sense that we see within the Bible and the Scriptures is a positional sanctification. Justification. So justification really means just as if you never sinned. You're wiped clean. You're fit for purpose. Your plate is on the table. And so let's look at a few scriptures real quick. First Corinthians 6 and 11, it says, And such were some of you, but you were washed. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Romans 5 and 9 says, Since therefore we have now been justified, everyone said justified, by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. So what is the wrath of God? Well, the wrath of God is connected to the justice of God. So if, if, if we would love evil to disappear from this earth, we would all agree, yes, I want evil to be gone. I want pain to be gone. I want sickness to be gone. I want evil to be gone. The problem is we have some. We have some of that evil in us. There, there's an attractiveness to that, and it's not nice, and that's why we sin. That's why we make mistakes on purpose. And so, if we don't deal with that debt, the wrath of God comes. And it's just the justice of God. He's, he's just trying to get rid of sin. He's just trying to get rid of evil. He's doing what we would all want him to do. And so, he deals with that, just as if I never sinned. And so, this is why I love uh, statements like, every sinner has a past. Or sorry, every sinner has a past, obviously. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. But it's only if we're justified by what Jesus done. Because you've dealt with that, that, that law that, that if we have sinned and even if we have an evil thought, that, then we're no longer holy. And so we're in debt, but Jesus pays the debt, and now we're washed clean, just as if I never, si or just as if I never sinned. We're, we're set free from the sin. So what that does is positions us, even though, so here we are, we're positioned. We're in a sanctified, holy position, but the problem is over here, we still sin. And so we're, we're, 
where, where do I, some of us are in that position right now, I don't know, am I still sinless? Am I, this is confusing because I'm told positionally I'm holy, I'm a saint now that sometimes sins, but I keep looking at my sin, I keep focusing on my sin, and I keep thinking, well, how could God use me because I'm a sinner? I still fall into sin. So this is the problem that we find ourselves in. So number two, progressive sanctification. So this is where we're at in regards to maturity. We're in this process, so there's a sanctification that deals with our position. We're sons, we're daughters, we're sanctified, we're holy. But then we're in the middle where where, where the kingdom is now, the kingdom of God has come, but it's also not yet because we're not, the, the, the earth has not fully been restored. We're not in full restoration, a full restorated state. We're not in a glorified state yet. So we're in the now and the not yet. Christ has come, and He's left the Holy Spirit, but He's coming back again to finish, it, finish the job. So we're caught in the middle of two worlds in a sinful world and a perfect heaven. And so we're in this maturity process in Hebrews 12 and 14. It says this, what's this? Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. So you've got to work at it. We're in process. We're in this progressive sanctification where, where, where we learn. Has anyone ever learned off a mistake? Has anyone ever learned from not making a mistake? It's kind of harder. It's a wee bit harder sometimes. And as I, in the progressive sanctification, we're learning through experience and learning through mistakes and often learning through sin. Because what the enemy has meant for our bad, God uses for our good. And so that's why your worst mistakes of your past, God can set them up and turn them around to be used for good in this progressive sanctification. We're a work in progress. Is anyone with me? Anyone a work in progress in here? Good. And so I think the best way I can explain this um, is in the work in progress. Often the problem in which we have, so say we've got a clean plate. Got this clean plate and we're making a meal since we're on that topic. And if the, the Bible talks about the flesh and the spirit, the flesh is the kind of Sinful man who wants to go his own way, because really a sin in its essence is disobedience to God's way or God's prompting. So, so we have the flesh and we have the spirit. And let's just say we have two cats here, right? And, and we're going to give it a feed. I want to start feeding it some cat food. And if the flesh or if the spirit is over here and, and we haven't been feeding it, well, it's just a kitten. It's just a little kitten. And then over here, the flesh, we haven't really been spending time in the spirit. We haven't been spending time in the word. And we're just connected to the world and we're just looking at what everything else is going on there and we're just getting envious of what everyone else is doing. We're comparing ourselves and we're, we're insecure, so we're trying to deal with that insecurity in all kinds of different ways. And we keep feeding it, keep feeding it, put more food on the table, more food on the table, all of a sudden you've got a lion. Cat's just grown exponentially. It's got on steroids because you keep feeding it 
So we got this lion, got this little kitten. And then we, we walk into this sanctification process where you know, we know our position, but we've nearly forgot because we're, we're so heavy on the flesh. And we come into a situation and we know maybe there's an inkling of what we should do, but we just don't have the power. Because why? Your flesh is a lion. <laughs> and your spirit is a, we, a weak kitten. And the lion's like, Wah! that's what a lion sounds like. Did you know that? <laughs> and the way kittens like, Wah! please, please, Phil, please, please don't do that, Phil. Don't go over to that person. Please, Phil, don't get angry. Wah! Get angry, Phil. You know, there's no, there's no comparison. There's no chance. But what if you started to feed the Spirit the same difference? The same difference applies. You start to starve. That's what prayer and fasting really is, is you starve the flesh and you feed the Spirit. So that what happens is, well, in this maturity process, we're trying to grow, we're trying to say yes to God, but we don't have the power. But when you start to fast or disconnect from the things of the world, you start to feed the Spirit. All of a sudden, when you're journeying through life and maybe the Spirit tells you to do something, you do it. Example, this week, doing some more housework, or I was getting somebody in to do some housework uh, in the garden, and he's preparing a base and all this kind of stuff, and I just sensed something wasn't quite right. And I didn't want to really say to this guy, because I didn't want to get it wrong, I was scared, but my spirit, I don't know where I'm at in that scale, um, but I felt my spirit was whispering a little bit, and I didn't want to say anything, and so I didn't, because I was afraid of getting it wrong, like a lot of the time we do. And later on, got speaking to somebody on the site and heard some reports about that particular person wasn't good. And he wasn't with him anymore. And I realized, oh my word, I actually contacted him on Facebook and, and shared just what I initially had thought by my prompting of the Spirit. And he confirmed everything to be true. And so it opened up a whole situation. It actually brought me to life. It actually got me excited about making a difference. It actually I started to see potential of, of paving new life where there was death. I started to realize I could maybe be the voice of the Spirit in a place where there's death and destruction and, and suicidal thoughts and all those kind of things. What if I could be the person to step up? What if I could listen to that voice a little bit more often? That's what we're saying about the invite cards too. One, one day, one invite, just ask the Holy Spirit, hey God, what do you, what do you want to do? And if you don't have the power well, let's start making some meals for your spirit. Let's start spending five minutes a day in prayer. And then once you've got that, let's start building it up, maybe 10. Start feeding the spirit, giving it better feed so that when opportunities come that we take it. And then all of a sudden you might start to find our focus is not on all those things that are destroying us and bringing us down and wasting our time and we're going through life just we don't even know why there's no purpose maybe we start to feed the spirit maybe 
Some doors would open. Maybe we start to see things, discern things that we never seen before because we're, we're not, not so busy thinking about ourselves. Can I get an amen? See, sending and sanctification cannot be disconnected. Sending and sanctification aren't disconnected. You can't be sanctified and not sent. Some of us want to be in the sanctification process, but we don't want to be sent to do anything. And so we're not growing, we're not moving forward in our faith, in our maturity in Christ. True spiritual maturity can't be found by a thousand sermons. It just can't. You can't learn enough to help yourself to grow. True maturity, what is it you see on some people's uh, Facebook, uh, you know, University of Life? In some ways, it's true. In some ways, it's true. You need to experience that maturity. What you go through in life helps you to grow. Listen, discipleship is on-the-job training. It's not just you just go to uni and get a theoretical degree. You've got to exercise it. You need placement. You need assignments. There's got to be movement. You can't be sanctified and mature in Christ without moving. And here's the beauty is when you start to move, the power is released. When you start to move by faith, then God brings some feelings too. Feelings that make you want to do it. But often the, the move of faith is feelingless. It's a decision. Can I get an Amen. But, but one thing I want to remind you of is that God is not waiting for you to be qualified or to be perfect. Because remember, your positional sanctification is you're holy, you're a saint, you're called. In the process, you're back and forward. Sometimes you sin, but then you remember your position. You remember your identity. And you, that's why, what, what do we do when we pray? Thank you, Jesus, for damn for me. What are you doing? Wiping the slate clean again. Oh, I've got a wee bit dirty here. I've started to think in my flesh. I've started to think in the eyes of a, 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 a man as being just limited and in sin. I've got too attached to the things of this world, so I need to go and remember my positional sanctification that I'm, I'm a saint that sometimes sins and not a sinner that sometimes does good things. We've got to remind ourselves. Why do we take communion? To remind ourselves of what the cross means. It means our relationship is open. The Holy, every weekend, I don't know what week you've had this week, but this, we need to get communion back in person here. But why, why we do that weekly is to just remind ourselves of, whoa, I'm in relationship with God. Even though I've done this, this, and this during the week, I'm still positionally a saint because I didn't receive this gift by my own work, but by the grace of God. I didn't earn salvation. I did nothing. I could never earn salvation. I'm not good enough. I never will be. And that's why Jesus had to come. But because he came, I can wash the slate clean, change my identity, and follow suit. I'm now released. And then the third sense, we'll finish off here, is complete sanctification. There's a sense within the scriptures that we see that God is going to bring this to a head where we do, he does fulfill his restoration process, where Jesus does return, where we do reach 
a new heaven and a new earth. So it goes on to say, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the, our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who calls is faithful. So it's important, yes, we're wiped clean positionally sanctified. We're in a process. But listen, we want to grow and get better. If I was honest with you, there's some areas I haven't matured in. But there's some areas that I have. And those areas that I've matured in, I've experienced now more humility. And if I'm honest, the reason I'm more humble is because sin taught me its destruction. Sin taught me its pain. Sin taught me its result. And because of that experience, and I'm on a, in a process, I've learned that, whoa, that doesn't work. Sin will keep you longer than you, you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. And it'll bring you further than you want to go. That's what I've learned that sin does. And so in some areas that have matured, I've realized no humility is the right way here, Phil. <laughs> you felt the pain of sin. Humility is the right way. The fear of God is the right way. Stop trying to work it out for yourself. Stop trying to do it your own way, Phil. It's going it's to hurt. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt others. Stop, stop, stop. Feed the Spirit. I know you want to control it right now. I, want, I know you've got your grips on it. Release the grip, Phil. Release the grip. Walk over. Feed. Feed the Spirit. Pray. Speak life. God, you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I want to try and fix it myself, but I'm, I'm taking my hands off. God, you're in control. God, you control the wind and the waves. And if there's a sea in front of me here, you can part it if you need to. But God, I'm coming on to be a part of your story. This is, this is, God, you have granted me this time on the earth. I did not wake up this morning and turn on my heartbeat. You give me it. I didn't wake up this morning and turn on my lungs and, and earn the air that I breathe. It's by your grace, God. Thank you. I remind myself it's by faith. It's by your spirit that we can move forward. So in the present, God guides us to maturity in a practical, progressive holiness. Hopefully, you're not where you want to be, but you, you're not where you were. We're in process. We're on a journey. Don't neglect the meeting together because you messed up one week. Actually, if you messed up one week and the guilt and shame's telling you not to come to church or to be around other believers, it's a lie. Actually, you need to be here more, even more so. You need to share. The Bible says you confess your faults, your issues, your sins to one another, then you get healed. You get whole. And in the future, God will give us glorification, a permanent, ultimate holiness. That's why when we talk about heaven as our home, we're talking about ultimately God will deal with sin. He will bring justice to the earth. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And our wish for, for, for justice and evil to be gone will come true. But let's make sure we're on the right side of that. Let's make sure our debt has been paid. Because if it's not, who's paying for it? Who's paying for the, the lies? Who's paying for the, 
even the wrong thoughts that we've brought into the atmosphere, into the, the universe. Who's paying for those things? We've got to have a healthy fear of God. We see when the gospel loses a fear of God, when it becomes so liberal, it loses its power. We've, we've got to have a fear of separation from God or that's not going to look good. I know what it looks like to separate myself from God and go my own way. And it looks like pain. It looks like mess. It looks like sorrow. It looks like hurt. It looks like wounds. That's probably a picture of hell. And that's just on earth. But God was so good that he sent Jesus to die to make it right so that we could become saints and we could make a difference on the earth. So the pe- so the separation of a believer is from this. The penalty of sin justified. Justification. We're separated from the power of sin. That helps us to mature. And we're separated from the presence of sin. Glorification. Let's go ahead and stand. just want to give us a chance to respond right now on, online and in person. Maybe you're there, Phil, and you, you're here today and you're maybe realizing, Phil, I realize, whoa, the sin, it makes sense. It makes sense that there's a debt, not just from a justice point of view, but also relationally. It makes sense that we've all fallen short, but who's paying my debt? You realize I need to receive Jesus. He was the lamb that was slain. He was the blood that was shed. He he has brought forgiveness of sin, hope to a world in need of hope. Let's say this prayer together, church, and help those people who are going to say this for the first time along. God, I thank you for salvation, for saving my soul. I repent of all of my sins. I turn around I receive your free gift of salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Three head bowed, night closed, even online. If you said that for the first time or the first time in a long time, just go ahead and raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you right now. If you said that, we'd love to give you a Bible just make contact with us and give you a little starter pack to get you on on the journey. Let's just pray. God, I thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you that we're stripping things back. I thank you that, God, you're sanctifying us. God, we are sanctified. We're saints. We're your holy people. But, God, we're also in a process of sanctification, of maturity. God, help us in that process. Help us to grow. Help us to keep coming back to the cross, staying in communion with you, Help us not to hide from you or let the shame or the lies of the enemy hold us back. And God, I thank you that one day we, we will be with you in a perfect place where, where sin will be no more, where you will justify and remove evil from the earth. God, I, we just worship you right now in Jesus' name. hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life, 
and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.